0: Welcome to the What If I Fly podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Megan, a registered nurse, mom, personal trainer, and your new bestie when it comes to all things health, fitness, personal development, leadership, and business. The truth is, you already have everything you need to soar. You just could use a little push, and I'm calling first dibs. Let's get started. Welcome back, my frequent flyers. So... I'm dying laughing right now because I was sitting here starting to record this podcast episode because I was like, okay, I'm going to finally just record it in an actual bedroom. I got to get out of my closet. It's too, like, I'm not claustrophobic, but just everything's just too small in there. It's really cramped. So I'm sitting down in our guest bedroom to record, and my cat's chasing this random lizard around. The lizard decides to run at me and then run into my pants. And I was recording at the time. So I'm going to put that little like sound bit at the end of this episode. And if you want to, you know, go to the very end and listen to that and skip the whole podcast, that's perfectly fine because it's freaking hilarious. But <laughs> um, anyway, so welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And I just wanted to say that today's topic is going to be diving into something that is near and dear to my heart. So, which my heart's still kind of racing because I literally just had a lizard crawl in my pants. So, um, anyways, so getting right onto the topic, negative thoughts, the things you're telling yourself hold the most power and here's why. So, it's easy to do, right? Like you mess something up that you work so hard to figure out, and all of a sudden your brain's like, "Wow, you're stupid!" Or why don't you? Why do you always screw stuff up? It just comes swimming across your brain, and I think that this resonates so deeply for me because it constantly happens to me. Every time I mess something up or feel like I could have done something better, some kind of negative thought goes racing through my brain. And then I'm sitting there contemplating and mulling over, like, why did I even have this thought? Like, why did you, why did you make that mistake? You could have done better. This is why you're dumb. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, I wrote some examples out here, like you finally ask that girl or guy out and they tell you that they're busy. So what does your brain conjure up? dang, you really are too ugly to date them, or you shouldn't have even tried, or this is my personal favorite. You waited two weeks for the clothes you ordered online to come in, and then they finally do, and you rush around just to get them on, and you look in the mirror, and not only do you realize that they do not look like they did on the 5'10 supermodel that was wearing the same exact outfit, but your brain's saying to yourself, holy crap, you're really fat, or did you think you of all people would look good in that? I mean, I think you get my point. We've all done it. We get hit with the slightest bit of rejection, shame, or just downright body dysmorphia, and all of a sudden our minds are full of awful things that we believe to be true. And honestly, for what? How exactly are any of those thoughts conducive to a life that we deserve? They're not. Not only are those thoughts harmful, and hint, hint, totally false, by the way, but thinking in a way that distorts your perception of who you actually are can create the neural pathways in your brain that then make you believe that what you're telling it is true. So for example, if I trust somebody a lot because I hold a lot of respect for them or I love this person and they tell me anything, I mean, you name it, there's a really good chance that I'm going to soak up everything that they're saying. I'm going to take it to heart. It's going to be really personal for me and we need to be thinking that same thing when we're talking to ourselves. So how is that any different from the way that we're speaking to ourselves? I really think that the emotional dissonance that we have, that we experience day to day, can be enough to not only hold you back from who you're trying to become, but studies have actually shown that negative thoughts and their subconscious power can occupy our minds and deter our focus. So what can we do about it? And that's what I want to talk about with you guys today. I'm going to share with you six ways to manage your negative thoughts and to shift your mindset by choosing positivity. Number one. Recognize that the thoughts are happening so that you know how to address them. It's kind of like that realizing that you have a problem is a first step type mentality. If you don't even know that it's happening, you might not even recognize it. It might be so normal to you at this point. You mess something up or somebody rejects you or it feels that way. Anything that feels like failure. And your brain immediately goes towards that negative thought and you might not even understand or know that it's happening because it's just a normal part of your life now. So this entire topic can be broken down into something called a cognitive distortion. And we learned about this in nursing school. And when I learned about it in mental health, I thought it was really informative because you don't even realize that you're doing it or I didn't even know that there was a label for it. So a cognitive distortion is basically where just dis- distorted thinking tricks your minds into thinking that your thoughts are reality. And that can be kind of scary because you say something to yourself and you immediately believe it to be true because believe it or not, we are our own worst critics. I, I I truly believe that there's nothing that anybody else can say to me to hurt my feelings because I promise you that whatever I've said to myself is probably a hundred times worse than what you could say to me. And I think that, can actually be beneficial in a way if you want to flip it around because it's kind of good to know that I think that's where my confidence and not really giving a crap about what anybody thinks about me comes from and that definitely was not me 10 years ago when I was 18 years old and I was always people-pleasing and worrying about what people thought about me and trying to make everybody happy and shoving my feelings deep down inside and just going with the flow and being whoever anybody wanted me to be that's not what I do anymore so the point I was trying to make is that truly the things that you say to yourself are more impactful and more meaningful than what anybody else is going to say to you and that's why these cognitive distortions are so powerful so some examples include all or nothing thinking so that means one mistake equals you're a total failure I've definitely done that and it can be so easy to do Especially when you're really hard on yourself or if you're an overachiever, straight-A, gifted, honor student. You can constantly just be looking for any reason to be thinking that you're a total failure. That one mistake means that you'll never be good at it and it's always going to fail and you might as well give up. And that's not healthy whatsoever. So jumping to conclusions is the next cognitive distortion. And that just means that you're expecting things will turn out badly without any evidence of that. And that can really kind of get in the way of you making any sort of progress whatsoever. If you always are going to jump to the conclusion that nothing's going to work out for yourself, you're going to always stay stuck. You're going to always stay in the same exact spot, and you're definitely not going to try anything new. So... The next one is going to be mental filter. And that just means an intense focus on the negatives while ignoring the positives. My brain, especially when I'm at work, can be so focused on, oh, I didn't get to that call light in time. Oh, I didn't do this in time. I didn't do this thing the way that I could have or should have. Or I didn't even know how to do it. So how do I expect to be perfect at that? It's this, like, ideal of perfectionism and... It's really unattainable and it's impossible because literally nobody is perfect. And if you only focus on the negatives and you give yourself zero credit for any of the good things that you do, what kind of life is that? You're only focusing on the things about yourself that feel bad and are perceived bad to you, then you're never going to have that positive mindset and you can't live that way. So... The next one is discounting the positives, and that's feeling as though your accomplishments don't count. So you are focusing on the negatives intensely, and then you have this other cognitive distortion where you're feeling as though even when you do a good job, when you get that degree or you get that promotion or you finally have the courage to start your own business, and you feel as though they don't count. I think oftentimes, especially with women that are high-achieving, overproductive, in a good way, in a positive way, overproductive, that striving to do the best job they possibly can mentality, that top-notch, you-want-to-be-that-girl personality, those are especially the types that are going to feel like their accomplishments don't count and it's going to be like, okay, I did this, what's next? I did this and I accomplished this, what's next? That is another cognitive distortion that is going to constantly make you feel like you're never good enough. And that's only going to spiral into even more bad thoughts about yourself. The last one is overgeneralization. And that just means that it's a negative event that's viewed as a never ending pattern. And you can see how all these are super related to one another, but honestly at the core of all of these, it comes back to a negative thought that's constantly making you feel like you didn't do something good enough that you are not good enough. How on earth are you going to be able to produce anything that's any sort of quality result, constantly feeling like you're in this stuck, negative, never good enough mindset? It's really important to me that I add this because I really believe that it helps us to recognize that number one, we're not alone. And number two, we're able to pinpoint exactly what it is that we're doing and thus do the work to retrain our brains. So you've identified the issues and now we're able to say, okay, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions here. I really want to start this business. I have this great idea to start this clothing line. And I have all the materials and I have everything set out. And I've contacted all the vendors and I've done all the marketing. I've created a website. I have a business plan. I have people that want to invest, but it's probably going to fail. So I'm just not even going to try. I'm just not even going to do it. You cannot let your thoughts block you from being successful. You cannot let your thoughts, your own brain, keep you from accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. How is that fair? If Bill Gates did that, where would we be? If Warren Buffett did that, where would we be? Sarah Blakely. We wouldn't have Spanx, what would we do without those? I mean, you have to really put it into perspective. So number two, do the work to figure out the true source of your thoughts. I kind of touched on this in the very first episode, but there's really important questions to ask yourself. Like, were you bullied in school? Did a parent make you feel lesser than when you messed up? Or maybe a coworker made a comment to you that just stuck because it hurts so much. So regardless of the source, there's a really good chance that you didn't just come up with the thoughts that you've got on repeat, And that somebody said something to you that stung just enough that your brain latched onto it. And it now lives rent-free inside your mind. And that broken record, believe it or not, was never yours to own. So I say just throw it against the wall and get rid of it. Because this part of the process might actually bring up some old junk, some old baggage that you probably don't want to look straight in the face. But this is actually a great thing. I'd like you to trudge through the mess and you might actually get some much needed closure that actually stops the negative thought loop and suffocates the cynicism. I would bet real money that somebody said something to you in your past that is making you feel so terrible about yourself that your brain actually thought it would cope by just agreeing with them. The sad part is that when anybody presents any sort of evidence that would make you believe that what they said was true. It's like this confirmation in your brain of, okay, yeah, they were right, I probably do suck, or I'm not really good at that X, Y, or Z talent that I thought that I had, just fill in the blank. So it's really important that you try to figure out where those thoughts came from, and that way you can work through all that baggage, work through that old identity or whatever it is to come to terms with the fact that those thoughts aren't actually yours. So moving on to number three, when you experience a negative thought or emotion, the most important part of all of this is that you've got to write it down. If it's just swirling around in your brain, it's got nowhere to go, all it's gonna do is get stuck in there. Try this, brain dump into a notebook. Brain dumping is an effective technique that quite literally, opens a valve from your mind and it just allows you to just word vomit onto a piece of paper. From there, it's no longer able to tangle up your mind and you're better able to process the fake from the fact. Pour your words out onto a page and then you can do one of two things. You can either crumble it up and light it on fire, and by the way, I'm not responsible for anything that you may or may not catch on fire. or You can go back through what you wrote and revise each thing by drawing a big line through it. I want you to take like the biggest marker that you own and just do a hard line through whatever the negative sentence is. And then you're gonna replace it with something that holds more truth. What you're doing is you're telling your brain that what you wrote is no longer recognized and instead what you're doing is focusing on a new shift in your mindset that actually rings true to you to who you actually are when you write it down on a piece of paper it takes all that anxiety and that worry and that overwhelming sense of trying to figure out where to place or compartmentalize those thoughts especially if it's hard for you and you can do this that you don't even it doesn't even have to be a negative thought I mean I think journaling is super super impactful, regardless of whether or not you're going through something that's negative, just any sort of emotion. Honestly, it's really important that you can be transferring all those thoughts onto a piece of paper because then it's no longer living in your brain. What you're going to do from then on is tell yourself that these are not true. These thoughts are not true to me. And you're going to be able to do that by writing it right in front of you. You're gonna be able to physically put that pen to paper and write out something that is more positive, that has more of an impact on you, that's going to actually help you in your journey. So number four, give that negative internal dialogue a name. And I know that sounds weird, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I've read this in more than one book, more than one article, I've seen it in documentaries. Give that internal dialogue a name. And I don't know about you, but telling Susie that she can F off carries a lot more enjoyment and fulfillment in the process than just saying, screw you, what's your face? All right. That's probably not the best example, but my point is that when your frustrations have a face, it's much easier to address the issues they're causing you. And truthfully, the purpose of doing this is to create space between you and the voice in your head that's feeding you the lies. All you have to do is pause, take a deep breath, Label it and then let Susie do her thing because that's on her, that has nothing to do with you. And you're going to refocus yourself back to the task at hand, you're going to detach yourself from the thoughts, and all of a sudden, they no longer belong to you. And one of the best ways that I learned to do this was from the book that I read. Gosh, I've probably read it five or six times now, and I've listened to it a handful of times because for me, I really don't know if I'm more of a visual or auditory learner, but I do know that. Whenever I have free time, I'm always filling it with something that educates myself. And I really loved listening to The Untethered Soul, especially if I'm going through any sort of negative thinking or really hard emotional stressors, anything at work. You name it, and that book is gonna make you feel a hundred times better. So it's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. He actually lives in Florida, which is pretty cool, but In the book, Singer speaks about the voice in our minds being the inner critic or the narrator of our lives. He says, there is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. And when I first read that book, I'll tell you what, that sentence, just that one sentence, immediately shifted me back. He talks in the book about being in like a movie theater And you're the one that's watching the screen. You're watching what's happening in front of you. You're the one just sitting in the seat watching. And when you separate yourself from the voice that's in your head, you have no idea how amazing and incredible that will make you feel. And when I read that part of the book, it was like all this weight was just lifted off of my shoulders and I immediately felt better because I was no longer responsible For all the negativity and the doubt and the fear and the shame and the guilt and you name it i had it and it was gone so you should definitely check out that book but the point is instead of listening to the critic you could focus on having an ally instead somebody that's on your side somebody that hypes you up you could even name this ally this could be your your hype girl in your brain your inner ally is your consciousness The one that stands in a state of truth and positivity that's there to remind you that you have control, that you need to focus on solutions, and that progress and growth are always possible no matter what you're up against. We spend so much time and effort being in survival mode because let's face it, everything is instant gratification. Now, 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 rush, rush, rush. And it's super easy for our brains to just get caught up in immersing ourselves in the negativity and always being in this fast pace of living. So I think that the inner critic thrives in that. It loves it. We love to judge ourselves. We love to be hard on ourselves and some people can use that to motivate them. I think it's a very small percentage pushes them to do better. But if you don't have that ally too, at the very least, you are going to really struggle to do anything to progress. You need to switch that critic to the ally. She or he is going to hype you up, make you feel good about yourself. If you just took all of that negative energy that you have spent so much time watering and putting fertilizer on and making sure it has good soil, it's like a little plant or something that that you just let grow in your brain you planted that seed of negativity and it's just blooming and thriving in there if you were to take all that energy and all that focus and shift it over to actually sticking up for yourself actually saying damn girl you're doing great i really love how you showed up for yourself at the gym today i really love that outfit on you you look freaking amazing and you're gonna rock your day and it's gonna be the best day ever And nothing's going to stop me. And even if I do have any challenges, if there's any obstacles that come along, I'm going to freaking kill it because I'm like, this is your hype girl talking to you and telling you you're doing a damn good job because maybe sometimes as moms or people that work full time, or if you're going through something that's really difficult, you're struggling with death in the family, we're all going through something, depression, anxiety, wouldn't it be nice? If somebody could just say something nice to us, if somebody could just compliment us on how we look or how we're thinking, or that was a really awesome presentation, or I mean, I'm going on and on, but you can have an ally and it's all in your brain. You are in control of that. So take that control back. Take it from the critic and give it to your hype girl. Okay, number five, practice thought stopping. And it's just as it sounds, the moment that a negative thought or emotion arrives, you just say, no, and you refuse to believe it. And I was actually listening to a podcast, gosh, it's probably been a couple years ago now, but she is a psychologist and she was talking about when you have a negative thought to wear a rubber band around your wrist and then pull it back and like let it snap you, which I never did that, but... (laughs) I mean, the idea behind it seems kind of cool. If you get that negative sensation in that way, when you're thinking negatively, you're going to be less apt to do it. So I kind of like the road that she was going down. I didn't personally ever do that, but it's essentially the same kind of thought process. You are stopping that thought in its tracks, but I want to put a twist on it. So this is actually very connected with number three, because you're not only going to tell the thought, no, But you are going to replace it with a phrase or imagery that resonates and supports you better. Instead of thinking, for instance, you have a thought that says, you'll never land that job or I'll never land that job because everyone here is more qualified than me. You're standing in a room full of people that are all applying for the same position as you and you're looking around like, there's so many people here, I'm never going to get that job. Why are you thinking that? First of all, and second of all, you are good enough to be right here, right alongside all of these other people, and I would almost guarantee you that they're all thinking the same thing about you. But for one, what other think- what other people think about you is none of your business. And number two, obviously, that's BS because the word never is garbage. By the way, I hate that word, never. And your brain is just scared of the feeling that you're going to have if you don't get the job. It's that fear of failure and that fear of rejection that's really creating that negative thought and it's pushing you to feel those feelings. So instead, you could have a little conversation with yourself that sounds more like, I've done everything that I can to be the best to my ability and here I am in a room full of other people who've worked hard just like me and I trust in the outcome of today. I'm a hard worker and what's meant for me will be. So how hard was that? It's not some complicated process, and I think that we just get so consumed in our anxiety when it's really super simple. The sad thing is that we've made it simple to create a habit of fear and doubt, and that just becomes our baseline or our normal, but you don't have to live that way. Being able to take that pause and just stop that thought right in its tracks is going to give you so much control over the way that you are processing through your own lens and your own, your own filter. And it's going to make you realize that you really are capable of all things. And you're definitely not going to let your thoughts get in your way of accomplishing your dreams and your goals. All right, so the last one that I wanna go over is number six realize that only you have the control to break the cycle. It is no one else's responsibility to do this work. You can look to you can look to other people, other mentors, whatever you have to do, do all of the work, but it is your work to do. You have to break the cycle. And one thing I would like to throw in there especially to my moms is when you look at your kids, how would you feel If your kids talk to themselves the same way that you talk to yourself, that would break my heart. And I have thought about it before. I've stood in front of the mirror before and thought to myself, wow, look at those stretch marks. Look at that cellulite. Look at this. Look at that. And then my daughter will walk up behind me and I look at her and she doesn't know. She doesn't know anything is negative about herself yet. Over time, people are gonna teach her those things, but it's sure as heck not gonna be from me. I'm not gonna teach her that. I have to lead by example and I have to show her that she is worthy and that she deserves better and she can speak to herself in a way that is loving and kind and compassionate the same exact way that I want her to talk to other people. Why do we talk to other people with respect and love In this overwhelming sense of gratitude and appreciation, but we ignore ourselves completely. At the end of the day, all you have is yourself. You would never talk to other people using the same sentences that you wrote on that piece of paper, the same thoughts that are going through your brain. You would never say that to other people, so do not say it to yourself. It's your choice. You either resist and give the thoughts more power where you accept and you mitigate them by practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness is truly just staying in the moment, being present, listening to what your body needs. And that I mean meditation, or taking a bath, or stretching, or just pausing for a second before the next thought goes through your brain, before the next words come out of your mouth. Stephen Covey wrote an incredible book that I love. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in it, He conveys the message that the choices we make will determine our happiness, that we all have a freedom to decide how we respond to our stressors, and that we focus on will in large measure dictate the peace that we have in our lives. We control our circumstances and we choose positivity. It's a choice. Like, you have a choice of whether or not you're going to talk to yourself like crap or you're going to hype yourself up by being that hype girl that you need to hear from. So all of those things are going to dictate the peace that you have in your life. Choose positivity. Instead of letting your circumstances dictate your emotions, just grab the reins and take back what so rightfully belongs to you, which is your thoughts. Take back your power. Imagine if you were to flip the script and actually use the energy you spent your entire life and funneling that into positive thoughts. Seriously, how far could you go? instead of, I'll never get better at this. You could say, nah, take a deep breath, and then try again. Let's do this. I'm capable of improving myself each and every day. I'm not giving up now. When you quiet the mind, you become more powerful than anyone in the room. The things that you're telling yourself hold the most power because repetition is the mother of retention, which means that The thing that you're doing often is what you're going to remember because that's how your brain works. That's how we learn things in school is because the teacher showed us over and over and over again. If you have only negative things about yourself on repeat, then what do you think your outcome is going to be? High functioning, elite performance, impeccable self-efficacy? Probably not. You have to lay the groundwork to regulate your emotions and reinforce your own capabilities in a positive way. That's going to lead to high quality results. Effective control over your self-talk triggers enhanced effort, long-term persistence, and really improves your self-confidence. We need this. You need this so that you can crush your goals that you're going after so that you can speak kinder to yourself. And so that you can show love to yourself the same way that you so lovingly speak to everyone else, do yourself that favor and take your power back, make that ally in your brain and let her hype you up. Like nobody ever has before. I'm going to end on that note guys. But before I leave, I just want to ask a question. I think I'm going to do this in every podcast episode. I really love leaving you guys with a question that sort of summarizes everything that we've spoken about in the topic. My question to you is what thoughts do you have on repeat? Are they positive or are they negative? Try going through each step and then see how this is going to transform your life because I think it's gonna be really huge for you. So I'm glad that you guys are back for another episode. Uh, Today I have something really special for you. Um, And if you hear anything strange in the background, it's because my cat is chasing a lizard around. I finally decided that I didn't want to record and ah! ah. It's in my pants. It's in my pants. I'm pretty sure it's in my pants. OMG. OMG. So guys, that's gonna wrap it up for today. Just remember to be intentional, be brave, be bold, and ask yourself, what if I fly?